0: Your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. When it comes to your education, there's no need to settle. Get the interactive and purposeful education that you and employers demand from Colorado State University Global Campus. You'll get personalized, career-driven learning created and taught by today's industry leaders. CSU Global was built to help students succeed with affordability, flexibility, and individualized support. It's time to expect better. Find your path to the career you want at csuglobal.edu, where online education isn't another thing we do, it's all we do. Give me a break. That's what we're going to do, Michael. We're going to be like the Counts now in baseball.
1: What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. I am Kyle Krabs, your solo host on this Monday episode. Of the draft, dude's giving my best Joe Marino impression right out the gate. Joe is off today. As as last week, we are going to be covering the state of a direction in the NFL. Today we're talking about the East. State of the East. Last week, Joe and I tackled State of North and State of the South. Uh, so we're going to be looking at all eight teams in the Eastern divisions in the NFL, AFC and NFC, their draft classes, where their teams stand as a whole, and kind of just processing you know, what, what this team's forecast looks like and, and trying to wrap your head around, uh, okay, what's the expectation for each one of these teams as it specifically relate, relates to some of the talent that they've added, Throughout the course of free agency the NFL draft, so on and so forth. After all, the NFL draft is all about roster construction. So the East is an interesting uh, pairing because it hosts both conference champions, the Philadelphia Eagles, also Super Bowl champions. Ben Solak, uh, if you're listening somewhere, uh, hat tip to you. He will refuse to let anyone forget that the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl this past year, so... Uh, if you're not familiar with Ben's work, I'd highly recommend it after you tell him how much you dislike the Philadelphia Eagles. You can find him over at NDT Scouting. did an excellent project this past year looking at contextualizing quarterbacks, charting quarterbacks and accuracy and decision-making and so on and so forth. But I'm going to start on the AFC side of things, and we're going to talk about the AFC champions, the New England Patriots, whose reign of terror will continue for, assumedly, another year. Uh, this team continues to bring out uh, the absolute worst in everybody else in Buffalo, Miami, and New York Jets. It seems like every other year one of these other teams slides into a wild-card spot, but New England has owned this division for the vast majority of the last two decades. And when you look at their top two selections of Sony Michelle and Isaiah Wynn, well, I like it, and that hurts to say. As a uh, childhood Miami Dolphins fan, Hurts to say I really like what New England did. New England's been active. Uh, New England lost uh, Danny Amendola to free agency to the Miami Dolphins, but they signed Jordan Matthews. They traded for Corderell Patterson. They still got Edelman Hogan, Malcolm Mitchell, traded for Philip Dorsett last year. Uh, they drafted Isaiah Wynn, who is apparently going to get a shot at left tackle, which I love. So now you've got an offensive line group that's going to have Isaiah Wynn, Joe Thune, David Andrews, Shaq Mason, and Trenton Brown, who they traded for from the San Francisco 49ers. It's a good group. And then their tight ends are good too. Obviously behind Gronkowski, you still have Dwayne Allen and Troy Nicholas, who I think is a guy who hasn't necessarily got a full shake as far as what he could possibly be at the next level. And then James White, Rex Burkhead, brought in Jeremy Hill in free agency, Mike Gillisley last year, Sonny Michelle. A lot of good names, a lot of flexibility in this offensive unit for the Patriots, and I think that's one of the biggest things that stands out about it. On the defensive side of the ball, also active, going out training for Danny Shelton from the Cleveland Browns, signing Adrian Claiborne to play one of their base ends opposite Trey Flowers and uh, rotating Dietrich Weiss in there, and obviously the Patriots are hoping third-round pick from 2017, Derek Rivers, is going to have the opportunity to recover from the ACL injury that cost him uh, his entire 2017 rookie season. They brought in a couple of the linebackers in the draft, late-round guys, Juwan Bentley from Purdue, Christian Sam from Arizona State, who I really, really like. But their base guys are Van Noy, Dante Hightower, Elana Roberts is going to be a guy that gets rotated in. So all the usual suspects on the second level here. Uh, But those upgrades up front with Claiborne and Danny Shelton really stand out as nice ads for them. Duke Dawson is a second-round pick, press coverage guy. I really like the scheme fit there. Uh, But this team also went out and traded for Jason McCourty. So you got Gilmore. Both McCourty boys now, Jason and Devin Patrick Chung, Chung starting strong safety. Duke Dawson is a potential nickel guy. Uh, this team looks good. Obviously, Tom Brady playing quarterback. Didn't even say his name through the uh, the drop down. It's just assumed. So this team's going to be very competitive again next year. I think. You no, know, this team had more picks. Nine, nine draft picks. Three in the top sixty. Two in the first round. I think both of those guys will be plus contributors for this team. And the trades, McCordy, Shelton. I mean, these are, these are big bring-ins here. Patterson is a special teams guy. Um, this, this team has done a really nice job retooling and not necessarily going deep into the well and free agency to do it and having to pay a lot of money. So I really like what the New England Patriots were able to do. Let's talk about Joe Maria's Buffalo Bills next. Um, give the Bills a little bit of love here. They picked Tremaine Emmons. There's my love for, for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, this draft class for Buffalo didn't have a lot of guys that I was particularly high on. Uh, eight draft selections, two of which were top 100 players for me. Uh, Tremaine Emmons was my fourth overall player, and they landed Wyatt Teller, who was my 100th rated player, at 166. Now, I can hear you, Buffalo, and I understand. You should know by now I, I am not a fan of Josh Allen's game. And my, here's my primary concern. Josh Allen should not see the field this year. Because let's look at the rest of the supporting cast on offense. You've lost your best two offensive linemen and Richie Incognito and uh, Wood, who retired with a neck injury. So you got left guard and center now with new starters. Your offensive line is currently projected to be Deion Dawkins, John Miller, Ryan Groy, or Russell Bodine, Vladimir Dukas, and Jordan Mills. Your receivers are Kelvin Benjamin and Zay Jones. Your slot receiver is probably your best receiver in Andre Holmes and Jeremy Curley. Your tight ends, Charles Clay, guy's been top two on the team the last three years in targets. One of the leading receivers on the team. LaShawn McCoy turns 30 before the season starts, had a career-low 4.0 yards per carry last year. Not a great group. Zay Jones is going to have to step up in a big way. Something I wrote about for the FRS Network uh, just the other day, talking about Zay and and his rookie evaluation. and Some of the the issues that I had with him coming out were issues that you saw. Now, granted, I didn't have him as the 37th rated player in the draft, but I liked Zay. I had him as a third-round player. I thought he was a day-two quality prospect. But he's got to show more of that, and he's got to get – sharper on his angles, and that's going to prevent him from dealing with the contested situations. It's going to allow him some more separation. you got to catch the ball. Calvin Benjamin, um, not sure if he's going to be – he's going to have to be that stereotypical possession guy, right? Like he's going to have to box guys out. Do you want Josh throwing to that? I know Josh can make the most of that big body, and he's willing to throw that ball. And Kelvin's got a big body and good catch radius. There's some potential for chemistry there. But where else are you going to feed him the ball? I would much rather have A.J. McCarron go out there and take his lumps the entire year, have Josh kind of process this offense, sit down, let's come back next year with uh, some, some fresh faces offensively that can help us defensively. This has the potential to be a really, really good unit. Uh, We'll start in the secondary. they got Vontae Davis and Trey White. It's a good combo. Phillip Games is the slot guy. You can live with that. Uh, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde is a really, really good safety combo. Lorenzo Alexander, kind of the Sam Sam linebacker. He had a great year last year. Tremaine Emmons is going to play Mike. I'm super stoked about that. Matt Milano was a successful late-round rookie last year. For the Buffalo Bills. Along the uh, defensive line. This team's done a nice job. Kind of bringing in some fresh bodies. To uh, fortify the defensive front. Brought in Trent Murphy. And Starlo Tulele. Um, They got Adolphus Washington. Kyle Williams. Harrison Phillips. Third round pick. Plus 2016 first round pick Shaq Lawson. Who is still waiting for that big breakout season as well. So defensively. I think this has potential to be a really really good group. Like Tremaine Ammons in the middle. Especially working with Coach McDermott. But offensively, I got big concerns for the Buffalo Bills, and for that reason, I think Josh Allen should get the red shirt senior altogether because this is this is a handle with care kind of guy. Let's move on. Let's talk about the Miami Dolphins. My Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins had an okay draft. Um, I love their top three picks, Minka. Mike Gesecki and Jerome Baker all check boxes for this team. They fit the mold of what Miami's been missing, and I think that's really important. So Gesecki's going to be plug-and-play starter. Minka Fitzpatrick, free safety, plug-and-play starter. Jerome Baker, I think you can... He, he might rotate to start, but I think by the end of the year, Jerome Baker's going to be a starter as well. I think the Dolphins got starters for their first three picks. Offensively for this team, uh, they did a nice job kind of retooling the interior of the offensive line, signing Josh Sitton, trading for Daniel Kilgore for guard and center. Uh, Tunsil's going to have to have a bounce back here. Jawan James, and a, a big year for him. As far as it's time to put up or shut up, he's kind of been up and down. The right guard spot. Uh, Jesse Davis currently favored, but they got Ted Larson and Isaac Asiata there, who will give some competition. I really liked Asiata coming out of Utah in 2017 with a fifth-round pick. Dolphins also got a little creative retooling the wide receiver group. No longer Jarvis Landry. They signed Danny Amendola and Albert Wilson combined for about the same money that Jarvis got from the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Kenny Stills and another put-up-or-shut-up here here with uh, Devontae Parker. Ryan Tannehill's coming back from an injury. They signed Frank Gore in free agency to go along with Kenyon Drake. And Kalen Bellage can fill the Damian Williams third down back role. Damian Williams has moved on, uh, but has been the third down back for the last several years for the Dolphins. And Balaj has similar skill set, but more explosive. That's an exciting possibility. Really like that. So, Gore's kind of your veteran presence. Kenyon Drake had a nice promising Year last year, Kalen Balazs, third down, guys, a rookie. Um, they should be much, much improved from last year. I think that's the most important thing. I think the, the consistency with Tannehill at quarterback will be good. Do I think Tannehill's a Super Bowl-winning quarterback? Probably not. But he's not Jay Cutler. And that's a good thing for the Miami Dolphins. I really like... The additions of Amandola and Albert Wilson and Mike Issey, middle of the field guys, which is where Tannehill feeds best. Defensively, Dolphins traded for Robert Quinn. They got Cam Wake, the ageless wonder. Guys got the Time Stone. Uh, Dominic Sue is gone, which is a bit problematic. This team is betting on Devon Godshall, Jordan Phillips, and Vincent Taylor, and then they just went out and traded for Akeem Spence uh, to fill. The Gap Good luck I think you will see a dip in play I did like Jordan Phillips coming out in 2015
0: Right now Join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan With Netflix included So you can watch in more places than ever before On your phone, tablet, or TV Plus buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 And get one free with 24 monthly bill credits So you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites On your new phones Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today unlimited data on their network video streams at 480p small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds if you cancel balances due. well-qualified customers full price 720 plus tax finance agreements required netflix for two screens terms apply right now join t-mobile and get an unlimited family plan with netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone tablet or tv
1: Uh, already talked a little bit about Jerome Baker. He's gonna be in a competition with probably Stefan Anthony, who they traded for last year from the New Orleans Saints, who I was really high on when he came out, was with top forty player on my personal board, but he's kind of struggled to find his footing. They're getting Raquan McMillan back from an ACL injury. His second year pick last year, missed the entire year, got hurt on his first rep, which was a kickoff rep in the preseason. Let's not play our rookie starters on the kickoff team, please. And then Kiko Alonzo, who they gave a big fat contract, and he promptly regressed when they needed him to not. So Kiko, put him on the backside, let him chase stuff down. Jerome Baker's got coverage skills, so I think he's really going to be favorable playing in a Sam-type role. And Rayquan McMillan, uh, that's their Mike. They, they seem to be intent on that. They were intent on that last year. They look intent on that this year as well. I like this secondary for Miami. Uh, Cordrea Tankersley and Xavier Howard. Zavian Howard's player was low on when he came out, but he's shown a lot of promise. So if he could parlay that success from last year and play with Tankersley as two big, long physical corners, and then you got Minka and Rashad Jones as your starting safeties, there's a lot of flexibility in the back end here, and that's really exciting. I really like that for the Dolphins. I think that's going to be uh, a really, really good situation for them. And then they're going to have guys like Bobby McCain, Walt Aikens, uh, Tavis Calhoun. These guys are all kind of competing for rotational reps, uh, and they got some nice depth here too with Jordan Lucas and uh, Tony Lippett as big body guys. But I think this team this team's consistently pegged as one of the three worst teams in the NFL. I don't think so. Uh, I think this team will be competitive. This team's probably going to win somewhere between six and nine games. I don't think this is a three and thirteen roster. I think this is. Probably seven and nine, eight and eight, just as the Miami Dolphins always are. Just as the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, the Dolphins will be picking between ten and seventeen in the draft order, most likely by the time that the regular season ends next year. And that brings us to our last team in the AFC East, the New York Jets. New York Jets only had six elections. And I really liked five of them. They had a good draft. This team had a really good draft. Sam Darnold, franchise quarterback. Hey, great. You know, would I've picked Sam Darnold at three? Probably not. But you need a franchise quarterback. I understand that. So if that's your guy, you don't like Josh Rosen, you're not a fan of Josh Allen, that's a smart call. Then great, you made your decision. You got a franchise quarterback. You gave a couple second round picks to go up and get him. Cool. Whatever. Nathan Shepard 72, great value. That is a quintessential New York Jets defensive lineman. Mean, physical, nasty, powerful, all of those things. Checks all those boxes. Chris Herndon at 107, this was my 119th rated player. Really like that. I think he's probably the best tight end on the roster, right? You know, right now, their tight ends are Jordan Leggett, Clive Walford, Chris Herndon, a uh, bunch of ACC guys at tight end. Leggett's pegged as the starter. Herndon's a better player than that. So, the first three picks for the Jets, I really like. Perry Nickerson was 105. They got him at 179. Fully factor Kassi, another Jets-type defensive lineman. Got him at 180. He was 107 on the board. So, uh, they got good value here for these guys. I think you look at the Jets' defensive depth chart, they got Leonard Williams, Steve McClendon, Henry Anderson currently pegged the starters on the defensive line. I would not be surprised if one of these guys, Fatoukasi or Shepard, works their way up into a starters role. Their linebacker group, their base 3-4 defensive alignment, they got Lorenzo Malden, Darren Lee, Avery Williamson, and Jordan Jenkins. Um... Would I like to have seen some more burst from the edge rush guys? Yeah, yeah, it would have. Malden and, and Jordan Jenkins uh, are physical guys. They don't turn the corner particularly well. But this, these are a couple of day two picks from the last couple of years, 15 for Malden and 16 for Jenkins, and Jenkins had a nice year last year. I like the signing of Avery Williamson in free agency. And I think he'll pair favorably with Darren Lee as a couple of athletic guys. Secondary, they brought in Tremaine Johnson, Mo Claiborne, they got Buster Scrine, Perry Nickerson's going to compete for that nickel role, and then their safeties were last year's first two picks in Jamal Adams and Marcus May. Promising young safety. Pretty strong defensive group. Wasn't huge on Henry Anderson. So that's kind of the spot that I'm circling and looking for one of these young guys to try and push up through the depth chart. And their edge rush guys are powerful, strong, but not necessarily twitchy guys. So I think that's how you're hoping to negate the Jets defensively. On offense, McCown, Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, Hackenberg. That's quite the quarterback room. A lot of stories there. First of all, goodbye, Christian Hackenberg. It was nice knowing you. Uh, McCown's probably going to start the year. Bridgewater's an interesting one. He's on a one-year, $6 million deal. I don't know where he fits in here. It was something we talked about with Jake Garings uh, when we were down in Phoenix, uh, me and Joe, for our draft coverage. And, and he made a good point there about Teddy's value is uh, a team that, that needs this, this stopgap starter ability. And, and Teddy's probably not going to get that here. Skill players here are an area of concern. I'm being nice. Skill, skill area is not great. Uh, Quincy Anua coming back off an injury. Robbie Anderson's been in some, some legal issues this offseason. Our Darius Stewart third round pick last year. Devin Smith has already been cut and then picked back up. Terrell Pryor, inconsistent. Tremaine Curse is probably their most consistent receiver. Not most dynamic, not most talented most consistent we already talked about the tight ends and then th- this running back group is pretty interesting i think this team's got some pretty decent talent here on on the running back group with crowell bylaw powell elijah mcguire thomas Rawls. Um, that four can get the job done i think there's enough
0: thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform